0: Chapter Two of Peeps at People, Being Certain Papers from the Writings of Anne Warrington Witherup, by John Kendrick Bangs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Two, Mr. Hall Kane. Anne Warrington Witherup, read by K. Hand.
1: Mr. Hall Kane. Read by Chuck Williamson, Hackman. Read by Nemo.
0: I do not know why it should have happened so, but it did happen that after my interview with Nansen, I felt gloomy in my soul, and hence naturally sought congenial company. My first inclination was to run down to Greece and take luncheon with King George, but when I came to look over my languages, the only bit of Greek I could speak fluently turned out to be "hoi polloi." and, from private advices, I gather that that is the only bit of Greek that his honor the king has no use for. Therefore I bought a ticket straight through to Gloomster Abbey, Isle of Man, the residence of Hall, Cain. Appropriately enough, it was midnight when I arrived. It was a moonlight night, but there were a dozen clouds on the horizon, and directly in the wake of the moon's rays, so that all was dark. From the abbey itself no single ray of light gleamed, and all was still. "'save the croaking of the tree-toads in the moat "'and the crickets on the roof of the parapet. Anyone else would have been chilled to the marrow, "'but I, having visited Nansen, "'had to use a fan to overcome the extreme cordiality of the scene. "'With the thermometer at thirty-two degrees, "'I nearly swooned with the heat. "'Is this Gloomster Abbey?' I asked of my hackman. "'Yes,' said he.
1: "'And for humanity's sake, pay your fare and let me go.' i am the father of seven orphans and the husband of their widowed mother if i stay here ten minutes i'll die and my wife will
0: marry again heaven help her i paid him six pounds ten shillings sixpence and let him go he was nothing to me but his family had my sympathy then i knocked on the portcullis with all my might and was gratified to find that like a well-regulated portcullis It fell, and with a loud noise withal. An intense silence intervened, and then out of the blackness of the blue above me there came a voice with a reddish tinge to it.
1: "'Who's there?'
0: said the voice.
1: "'If you are a burglar, come in and rob. If you are a friend, wait a minute. If you are an interviewer from an American Sunday newspaper, accept my apologies for keeping you waiting.' "'Turn the knob and walk in. "'I'll be down as soon as I can get there.'
0: "'It was Hall Cain himself who spoke. "'I turned the knob and walked in. "'All was still, dark, and cold, but I did not mind, "'for it fitted into my mood exactly. "'In the darkness of the corridor within, I barked, "'what if I were a man I should call my shins. "'As it happened, being a woman, I merely bruised my ankles when he appeared. "'Hall Cain himself.' there was no gas-light no electric light nothing but the blackness of the night and he appeared i suppose it was all due to the fact that he is a brilliant man who would shine anywhere however it may have been i suddenly became conscious of a being that walked towards me as plainly discernible as an ocean steamship at sea at night with every electric light burning in the saloon and the red and green lanterns on the starboard and port sides of its bow mr Kane said I, addressing his starboard side.
1: "'That's I,'
0: said he, grammatically and with dignity. A man less great would have said,
1: "'That's me,'
0: which is why in the darkness I knew it was Mr. Kane and not his hired man I was speaking to, or with, as your style may require. "'Mr. Kane said I, not without nervousness, "'I have come,'
1: "'So I perceive,'
0: said he, and then an inspiration came to me. "'To lay my gloom at your feet,' I said, with apparent meekness. "'It is all I have, but such as it is you are welcome to it. "'Some people would have brought you rich gifts in gold and silver. "'Some would have come with compliments and requests for your autograph. "'I bring you only a morbid heart bursting with gloom. "'Will you take it?'
1: "'I appreciate the courtesy, madam,'
0: replied the great man, "'wiping a tear from the end of his nose, "'which twinkled like a silver star in the blackness of the corridor.'
1: But I cannot accept your offering. I have more gloom on hand than I know what to do with. I am, however, deeply touched, and beg to offer you the hospitality of the moat, unless you have further business with me at my regular rates."
0: A dreadful, blood-curdling wail, like that of a soul in torment, interrupted my answer. It seemed to come from the very center of the earth directly beneath my feet. I was frozen with horror, and my host, with a muttered imprecation, turned and ran off.
1: "'I haven't time to see you now,'
0: he cried as he disappeared down the steps of a yawning hole at the far end of the corridor.
1: "'I can't afford to miss the experiment for anything so small and cheap as a morbid heart bursting with gloom.'
0: I followed closely after, although he had not granted permission i didn't feel that i could afford to miss the experiment either and ere he had time to slam to the door of the dungeon which we ultimately reached i was inside his workshop if it was chill without it was deadly within save that the darkness was not so intense red lights burning dimly in each of the four corners of the dungeon the walls were covered with a green trickling ooze from the moat and underfoot the ground was dank and almost mushy In the very centre of the place was a huge rack, a relic of some bygone age of torture, and stretched at full length upon it was a man of—I should say, about forty years of age. Two flunkies in livery—red plush trousers and powdered wigs—now and then turned the screw, and with each turn horrid shrieks would come from the victim, mingled with alternate prayers and curses. "'What on earth is the meaning of this?' I cried, in horror.
1: "'It means,
0: madam—' replied the famous author calmly that i never fake
1: all my situations all my passages descriptive of human emotions and sufferings are drawn from life and not from the imagination
0: you work from living models i gasped why would not a lay figure do as well for torture
1: because lay figures do not shriek and pray and curse I am surprised that you should be so dull james turn the thumbscrew three times and grimmins take your cricket bat and give the patient a bastinado on his right foot
0: it is a pitiless shame i cried
1: it is in the interest of art madam
0: said the novelist shrugging his shoulders
1: just as our surgeons have to vivisect for the advancement of science so must i conduct experiments here in the interest of letters my new novel has a stirring episode in it based upon the capture and torture of a newspaper correspondent in tibet (laughs) i might i suppose have (laughs) imagined the whole thing but this so far surpasses the imagination "'that I am convinced it is the better way of getting my color.'
0: "'There isn't any doubt about that,' said I. "'But consider this man here, whose limbs you are stretching beyond all endurance.'
1: "'He should regard it
0: as a splendid
1: sacrifice,'
0: vouchsafed the novelist, lighting a cigarette and winking pleasantly at his victim. "'Is his a voluntary sacrifice?' I demanded. (coughs)
1: "'Rather good joke, (laughs) eh, Rogers?'
0: laughed mr kane addressing the sufferer
1: this simple-minded little american girl asks if you are there because you like it (laughs) what a troll idea thinks you do this for pleasure rogers has an idea you tied yourself on there and racked yourself at first so she has thinks you shriek so as to smother your (laughs) laughter which would be very inappropriate to the occasion.
0: <laughs> the sufferer groaned deeply, and the novelist, turning to me, observed,
1: <laughs> No, madam. My poor unhappy friend Rogers is here against his will, I regret to say. It would be far pleasanter for me when I hear him bastinado to know that he derived a certain amount of personal satisfaction from it in spite of the pain but it must be otherwise furthermore in the story the newspaper man who is tortured is not supposed to like it so that accuracy requires that i should have a man like rogers who dislikes it intensely
0: "'And do you mean to say, sir, that you deliberately went out into the street "'and seized hold of this poor fellow, carried him in here, "'and subjected him to all this? Why, it's a crime!' "'Not
1: at all,'
0: replied Mr. Kane nonchalantly.
1: "'I am no common kidnapper. "'I do not belong to a literary press gang. "'I have simply exercised my rights as the owner of this castle. "'This man came on his own responsibility.' Just as you have come, I never asked him any more than I asked you, and he has had to take the consequences, just as you will have to abide by whatever may result from your temerity. Rogers is a newspaper man, and he tried to get a free interview out of me by deceit, knowing that I no longer do a gratis business. It so happened that I was, at that moment, in need of such a person for my experiment. (laughs) I gave him the interview, and now he is paying for it.
0: The novelist paused, and after eyeing me somewhat closely for a moment, turned to his notes lying on his desk alongside the rack, while a tremor of fear passed over me.
1: Curious coincidence,
0: he remarked, looking up from an abstract of his story.
1: In my very next chapter i take up the sufferings in captivity of a young and beautiful american girl who is languishing and starving in a loathsome cell full of reptiles and poisonous beasts like gila monsters and centipedes she is to be just your height and coloring and age
0: i grew rigid with horror you wouldn't i began
1: "'Oh, yes, I would,'
0: replied the author pleasantly.
1: "'Would you like to see the cell?'
0: "'I would like to see the outside of your castle,' I cried, turning to the stairs. The novelist laughed hollowly at the expression of hopelessness that came over my face as I observed that a huge iron grating had slid down from above and cut off my retreat.
1: "'I am sorry, Miss Witherup, but I haven't got the outside of my castle in here.' "'If I had, I'd show it to you at once,'
0: he said. "'I beg of you, sir,' I cried, going down on my knees before him. "'Do let me go. I—'
1: "'Don't be emotional, my dear,'
0: he replied in a nice fatherly way.
1: "'You will have an alternative. "'When I have receded this—'
0: "'He added, writing out a bill and tossing it to me.
1: "'When I have receded this, you can go.'
0: "'I glanced at the paper.' It called for fifteen hundred pounds for an interview of an hour and a half, at one thousand pounds an hour.
1: If you will give me your check for that amount, you may go. Otherwise, I am afraid I shall have to use you for a model.
0: I only have twelve hundred pounds in the bank, I replied, bursting into tears. It
1: will suffice, said he. Your terror will be worth three hundred pounds to me in a short story I am writing for the Manx Sunday world,
0: whereupon I wrote him a check for twelve hundred pounds and made my escape. I'll expose you to the world, I roared back at him in my wrath as I walked down the path to the road. Do, he cried,
1: I never object to a free advertisement. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: With that I left him and hastened back to London to stop payment on the cheque but in some fashion he got the better of me for it happened to be on a bank holiday that I arrived and ere I could give notice to the cashier to refuse to honour my draft it had been cashed End of chapter two